Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. What you can do is you can look at those series of events and predict how the customer is feeling. So you can predict that the customer is going to be feeling frustrated or annoyed because they've had those sequence of events, okay? And whilst we are technology agnostic, there's technology out there now that starts to pick up customer emotions. Once you understand and have identified the emotions that you're trying to create, then you can work backwards into some of these more mundane performance metrics because you know that those drive the specific emotions that you have, as opposed to starting with some of these behaviors or, or standard performance metrics and stopping there. What, what about Marvin the Paranoid Android? <laughs> oh, well played, well played. So, Ron, you know that I've been doing this customer experience thing for the last, well, since 2002, so quite some time. One of the most common questions I get is, should you be measuring customer emotions? And And the answer is no, and then that's the end of it. (laughs) Yeah, or you go, yes, and then, (laughs) so we've now going to end the podcast. There you go. (laughs) That was a short one, wasn't it? No, you're you're always better off not measuring something and just kind of living in darkness. I've, I've found that to be true. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, so we're going to talk about measuring customer emotions today because it is a common question that I get and I promised a few people that I would talk about this. So let me take a step back and let me just go through a couple of things. First of all, the key thing for me is that if your customers are human beings, which I assume that they are, then customers, people are driven by emotions, okay? Everyone has emotions. We take action because of emotions. And even if you think of the emotions come from the Latin of E and motion. So, you know, it shows that people are doing something because of this. And research that we did when we started Beyond Philosophy back in 2002 showed that over 50% of an experience is about how a customer feels. And yet the interesting bit is that most organizations seem to ignore that. And so by definition, you're ignoring 50% of your experience. So for us, the first thing you should be doing is finding out which emotions drive value for you. So in other words, if you're to evoke an emotion, then, you know, what is the emotion you're trying to evoke and does it drive value for you? And we've talked a lot about that in the past. We have a service that we use called an emotional signature that helps organizations define which emotions drive value for them. But once you've defined that, now you should be turning around and saying, okay, so we're trying to evoke trust or cared for or valued or whatever else. Now you should be, clearly you should be measuring it because that's measuring 
over half of the experience. And if I look at most organizations' measures that they have, 95% of the measures are rational, what I would call rational or transactional. So they're around, you know, did we deliver this on time? Do you think that we are reliable? Those those types of things. If, if we're to give people the best benefit of the doubt, and, I, you know, I'm not sure that this is accurate at all, is it that they assume that by focusing on the rational aspects, these kind of high-level goals, that they'll be able to influence the emotional? Or is it just that they don't? Because, I mean, if, I'm sure if you ask people, tell me a story about somebody who is happy with your service, they will tell a very emotion-laden story or tell me a story about something, a time your customer's experience went poorly, it'll be an emotion-laden story. So on some level, everybody recognizes this. Where's the disconnect, I guess, is the short way of me asking a, a long question. Oh, no, it's a good question. The good news is I think it's changed over time. So 2002, when I wrote my first book, Building Great Customer Experiences, we had a whole chapter on customer emotions. And at the time, literally, people were saying that we were mad and that had nothing to do with it. Forward through to where we are now, and a lot of organizations have started to recognize that customer emotions are important. They tend to group them into do you think that this was good or bad or positive or negative, as opposed to being specific? And I think they need to be specific. But I think the honest answer is people don't think about this stuff. They worry more about the features. They worry more about, oh, Amazon are doing daily deliveries. How are we going to do daily deliveries? Or are the prices you know, in the market has declined by this? And Or Brexit's happening. What are we going to do about that? So lots of things that are causing people not to focus on it. And there's also been, to a certain extent, I think that there has been, if you think of the senior people in organizations, they are senior because they've been good at doing what they did 20 years ago. And therefore, it sort of perpetuates itself to a certain extent. But I think with this whole customer experience movement and people going, we need to change our experience, people have started to buy into the fact that actually there is this emotional side. And it's a side that people have neglected for years because they have have not needed to worry about it because of the product or the features that their product had, et cetera, et cetera, or the price, et cetera, et cetera. So they've never had to worry about it. So the answer is, do you have to measure emotions or should you be measuring emotions? The very simple answer, as we mentioned earlier, is yes. Okay. The interesting bit is the how. So I was doing a LinkedIn Live the other day, actually, and somebody said to me on LinkedIn Live, how do you measure whether a customer's feeling happy or cared for or valued? And part of my answer was, well, actually, you just ask them. <laughs> so and that's all the time level, we have today for the first edition of the Intuitive Customer Punk. Leading science yet again. But if you go back and ask that question of, so what emotions are you trying to evoke? So, dear listener, think, what emotions are you trying to evoke in your customers? Now ask yourself, are you measuring those in the surveys that you do with your customers? I lay your money that 80% of you aren't. And so now you go, well, how could we measure whether we're feeling a customer is, let's say, just feeling cared for? 
Okay. Well, one way of doing it is you ask the customer, you know, in that last interaction with the contact center agent, did you feel that they cared for you? Because you will get a sense of whether they did or they didn't, you know. Do you think that the organization cares for you as well? Now, some of the challenge becomes those things are time critical. There's no point in saying when you stay a hotel saying when you stayed with us seven years ago and we brought up room service to your room, did you think that the person felt we cared for you? Because they won't remember. But asking that question of customers is is certainly the sort of a, a basic rudimentary thing. Ideally, people would do this through some technology, okay? I'm sure you know this, Ryan, but they had this famous case where they had people in these fMRI scanners, brain scanners, and they said to these customers, of these two soft drinks, which do you prefer? And when they were looking at the brain activity, they noticed that the parts of the brain to deal with sort of taste and stuff like that was being lit up. And then they asked the the same group of people, which do you prefer? Do you prefer Coca-Cola or do you prefer Pepsi? And again, gave them the drinks. And different parts of the brain lit up, yeah? So ideally, you would give a customer one of these fMRI scanners and they would walk around it with on their head and you could then truly tell what they're feeling, yeah? But that's clearly impractical. So another couple of ways of doing it is... In the digital arena, the great news is that we have a service called Authentic Emotion Measurement, which is effectively looking at facial expression and therefore looking at the micro expressions of customers. So it's that sort of classic example where somebody may walk up to you and say, you know, in a restaurant, was your food okay? And you say, yeah, it's fine, but actually it wasn't. But if they had had a camera pointing at you, then they could have picked up the frown that you gave when they delivered the food and it was cold. So this whole area of facial expression, and we've done a couple of podcasts on that at the beginning of the year, is a way, again, of measuring customer emotions through the digital channel, which is quite exciting. And the other way that I would advocate is by looking at, some of the customer behavior, okay? So let me test this with you, Ryan. So imagine that you've received an email from an organization saying that you owed them $50, somebody you dealt with on a regular basis, and you didn't think you did, and you wrote back to them, but you didn't get a reply. You phoned the call center, and when you phoned the call center, the call dropped out four times, And then you got to an agent who transferred you to somebody else, but they didn't transfer you and the call dropped out. And then you managed to speak to a third agent, you know, another agent. How do you think you'd be feeling at that point? I would be thinking this is a lot of effort to pay somebody $50. Sounds like less effort than I went to to ask my wife to marry me. (laughs) (laughs) And you'd be potentially feeling frustrated, annoyed, you know, to whatever degree, to whatever intensity. I think your story, the the version of me as a character in your story is is much more patient and willing to go through more than I would be in real life, where the first call dropped would be, all right, you're not getting your money. Yeah, correct. 
Let Beyond Philosophy help you discover what your customers really want, not what they say they want, by uncovering the hidden drivers of value in your customer experience to create real ROI. Contact Beyond Philosophy by going to beyondphilosophy.com slash contact. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash contact. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is what you can do is you can look at those series of events and predict how the customer is feeling. So you can predict that the customer is going to be feeling frustrated or annoyed because they've had those sequence of events, okay? And whilst we are technology agnostic, there's technology out there now that starts to pick up customer emotions. I was doing a webinar for Clarabridge the other day who provide software that does part of what they provide is sentiment analysis. So it starts to look up in an email or in social media, and there are a number of other organizations that do this, by the way, that start to pick up not just the words, you don't have to just put, I'm frustrated, but also the sentiment that's behind it. So, you know, the context in which it's written and all those other things. So I think that by definition, another way of measuring customer emotions is by looking at a cluster of events that have happened and therefore going, when we drop calls with customers seven times, they're going to be annoyed. Yeah. And the interesting bit, and I used to run call centers, is, <laughs> and in fact, this is quite sad, really, because you'd say, oh, we're only down to 7% dropouts this month. That's pretty good. That'd be pretty high, actually, but you get the point. And then you actually say, yeah, but what did you do with those 7% that you annoyed? Well, nothing. It's just a statistic. <laughs> yeah. So we didn't do anything to make amends, etc. So I think in summary, there are three or four things that you can do. First thing is you need to identify which emotions drive value. Second thing you need to, once you've identified that, you need to go, okay, here are the three emotions that we're trying to evoke. Third thing is you need to start measuring those things. And clearly at the beginning, those measures, are typically, you're not going to be performing well on those simply because you haven't been focusing on those. So redesigning your experience and doing all those other wonderful things is where that then starts to come into play. But now you need to start to change the measures that you've got. And again, you can start doing things like, so sort of some measures in proxy, if you like. So for instance, if you're trying to measure whether customers feel that you care for them, well, part of feeling cared for is, do you listen to customers? Yeah. So people feel that you care for them if they listen to you, you felt listened to. And therefore, you can ask the question, do you feel that you were listened to? Reliability can typically be put against things like trust. Did we do what we say we're going to do? Well, that actually ties to trust. So the important thing here is that you're making those connections. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's actually a really important point, right? Because if you're not listening carefully, then it could sound like you're coming back around to saying, oh, well, you can just measure things like reliability and dropout rates and all the stuff that you had started off this conversation saying you shouldn't be relying just on those things. But your point here, if I'm understanding, is that 
once you understand and have identified the emotions that you're trying to create, then you can work backwards into some of these more mundane performance metrics because you know that those drive the specific emotions that you have, as opposed to starting with some of these behaviors or, or standard performance metrics and stopping there, right? Because there are things you can do to improve, I don't know, efficiency or turnaround time or anything that, that's typically measured in some of these customer experience surveys that are not connected to the emotions that you want to drive at all. Right. They could be good things from a business practice perspective, but they're not going to change the customer experience. Uh, and so you need to start with these emotions and then from there generate concentric circles that build outward in terms of, all right, if this is the emotion that we want, what does that mean in terms of our employees' motivations and what do they need to do? Okay. And then what are the actions that they can take as they interface with the customers? Okay. And then what are the behaviors and customers that we can see that would indicate whether we're succeeding or failing? But it all starts at this core of identifying the emotions that you want to drive. Yeah. So the beginning has to be, I'm in business to make money. So what emotions drive most value for me? Now I've decided it's trust, cared for and valued, for instance. So when we run workshops on this stuff, one of the questions we ask at the beginning is articulate when you have felt cared for, articulate where you have felt valued what did the person or the company do, okay? And if you take something like cared for, then typically people say they spent time with me, they listened to me, they showed that I was like the only person in the room with them, you know? Now, those are things that you can then start to measure. Those are things that you can then start to go, okay, well, they spend time with me. How does that manifest itself in this organization? Yeah, well, it manifests itself in the call center. Actually, we've got average call handling time as a measure, and that's driving us to for agents to cut the conversations short with customers. So those customers are not going to say they're listening to them, and therefore that doesn't tie to feeling cared for. I mean, it's it's hard for me to come up with a brand where cared for would not be a good goal, but let's assume that there are some out there. For those organizations where they've got a different set of emotional drivers and cared for isn't as important, then something like call efficiency might drive real emotional value for those customers. I have marketing professor friends who will live in class sometimes call up Zappos and just act like a customer, put it on speakerphone so all the students can hear. And they'll intentionally be this obtuse customer saying, well, I've got this event, but I'm not sure what shoes I should buy. And the goal will be to see how long they can keep this person on the phone. And Zappos trains their employees to take as much time as you need because they have a, a certain set of emotional drivers that they want to instill in their customers. And if those call center employees were being measured and compensated by how many turns per hour that they can make on these calls then they would be failing to deliver on the great customer experience that Zappos has kind of built their brand around. So know what those goals are and the metrics that may or may not help. Yeah. And it's only by going back to our original question at the beginning about emotions and how many organizations are focusing on it. It's only by doing that strategic bit, which is, well, which emotions, which drives value now starts to inform the fact that you need to change some of the other measures because they're driving the wrong behaviors and therefore they're driving the wrong emotions. 
Before we finish, one other area that I wanted to just quickly touch on, because the danger is, is there's going to be a number of people listening to this that are in the business to business world. And again, one of the most common questions I get is, do customer emotions apply in business to business? And I guess what the answer is. I'm going to say it's no. Let's go with a no this time. <laughs> How am I doing? Exactly yeah. right. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> no. But again, the interesting part here is in the business-to-business world, relationships are absolutely vital. And organizations spent ages talking about relationships, and rightly so. But think about what's a relationship founded on, you know? It's founded on trust and feeling valued and feeling cared for. So it absolutely applies in the business-to-business world. And it does because, you know, human beings are emotional animals, basically. And we've just failed to realize that and capitalize on that. So we know that it's focusing on emotions is helpful for business-to-consumer enterprises and business-to- business enterprises. But Colin, you haven't yet addressed the the business to robot market. What if you're selling just to robots? Do emotions still matter then? Well, have you ever seen that film or read that book, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Of course I have. Uh, What what about Marvin the Paranoid Android? (laughs) Well played. Well played. All right, there you have it. Emotions matter all the time to everyone. I was trying to find the exception. Yeah, it's just a question of programming. That's all it is. Okay, so what's the so what? Do you want to go first? What did you take out of this, Ryan? So if you told a manager, okay, I want you to go and implement this strategy, but I don't want you to measure any of the things that will actually determine whether you've been successful or not. They would say that's insane. That's crazy. Why would we do that? And yet by failing to measure emotional states and emotional reactions, that's really what we're doing with customer experience. If experiences are not strictly rational and influenced by a lot of these emotional components, and we're not measuring those things and things directly related to them, what are we doing? Even if it's new, even if it's scary, even if it's uncomfortable, Colin walked through kind of a progression of levels of measuring. Start easy, but just ask people. You can dip into this new technology and and start doing text analysis and facial recognition and fMRI. But there's value even in just asking people. So find out, know what those emotions are, measure them and build your strategies around them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other benefit that that would give is you're starting to get some data. You're going to be able to start some conversations in the organization about, well, why does those things occur? You know, what will we doing that's causing that? How do we go about changing it, et cetera, et cetera. So definitely you should be at least asking customers do you trust us? Do you feel cared for? Do you feel valued? In my book, it should account for 50% of the organization's measures. May not get there straight away, but at least start the process. So I uh, hope that's been of use. If it has, please tell somebody else in your organization. Please leave us a review. That would really help us and help us spread the word and make Ryan and I happy, which is an emotion. All right. So thanks very much, everybody. And uh, cheers. Thank you.
This has been the Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. And we'll talk with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.